about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. Every week I come back and I talk about different avenues of getting closer to the power of being useful in the Kingdom of God. You know, I think as Christians there's a lot of opportunities for us, some of which we take advantage of and some of which perhaps we miss. And I think, for me, the idea is to not miss too many of the opportunities God gives us to do something meaningful in His kingdom. We're on this earth for a reason. When you look around and you see all that's going on in the media, in life, the pressures, I don't know if there's ever been another time in history where so many bombardments to the mind are available to bombard us. And what I mean by that is thoughts. Thoughts, if you don't know what to think, all you have to do is ask somebody what they think, and they'll be happy to tell you. And if there's someone who tunes into the news quite often, they'll repeat everything they heard on the news. So the news, or whatever you want to call it, the media talking heads have dictated to a majority of people on this planet what to think, how to think. And if you're someone who really does plug into the news or online through YouTube or some of the other avenues where you're listening to world news, it can be pretty depressing. And... I think as a Christian, we need to realize that we are not called to be depressed. We are not called to be like the world. Everything in this planet vibrates at a frequency, and people vibrate at a frequency. Your spirit has a frequency, and the closer you get to God, the closer you get to the Lord Jesus, your frequency changes. You become more solid in your beliefs, and the frequency at which you resonate goes up to a point where you can see changes in your life. If you allow the world, or if we allow the world, the media, the, the people around us, to cause us to be more depressed, then the frequency goes down. And I know when you talk to some people, you, you realize that they're just down. They're hurting. That's not, that doesn't make anyone better than somebody else. It just means that those people need a good example of how to get out from where they are. And I guess the question is, will you be that example? Will you be the one that reaches out with your hand 
or with your money, or with just a smile, to change the way someone's thinking. Now, as a Christian, you should really know, as a Christian, that God wants you to be different, that He wants you to do something different. That is the purpose of a Christian, to have hope. And when you have hope, because of understanding faith, then your frequency changes. And we used to say, and still do to when we kid around, but some people walk into the room, and they just literally brighten it up. Because their frequency is, is, is a higher frequency. And then there's other people who walk out of the room, and it brightens up because they took the negative frequency with them. When we meet someone who's operating at a lower level of frequency, hope, faith, love, joy, happiness, as a Christian, Jesus gave us a commandment to love one another as he has loved his church. Now, that becomes increasingly harder for each of us if we're not in a place where we can extend that love. So God is expecting us, yes, expecting us, to get something out of his word that will enable us to act differently. The Bible, which I call, and many call, the Manufacturer's Handbook, is a book that God Almighty made arrangements to have written in the earth by people that he called for the purpose of writing that book. Now today, as a Christian, how often do you pick it up? How often do you bother to read it? Now, I believe more and more Christians are reading it, number one. But if you're one that hasn't yet done that, or you just rely on going to church and being pumped up, I encourage you to pick up the Bible, the Word of God, and read it. Because God wants to show you the difference of how you should be as a Christian. Now, I want to talk about, and I've been talking about, how to make a difference, how to be different, expect miracles. I believe we're coming to a time in history, first of all, very, very close to what I believe the Bible says is the return of the Messiah, but there's time left to do what we need to do. As we see the world powers aligning themselves, the Bible tells us to be aware, to wake up, because His return draws near. In the meantime, while we are to wake up, there is to be a great awakening, which I believe has begun, on this planet of Christians 
realizing they should stop criticizing each other, number one. And I, I, I come across people that think it's their God-given gift to find fault with someone else preaching the gospel, because if I don't expose them, as if the Holy Spirit can't do the job. So if you're one of those who just likes to find fault and, and, and listens to every ministry out there, to see if you can catch something they say or what they're teaching and say, well, it's just kind of a thing, or it's act, and you're categorizing them. I'm warning you. Oh, yeah, I am warning you. The word speaks about people like you. And unfortunately, with the same measure you're using to do that, you're disrupting the kingdom of God. And at the same time, with the same measure you're using, it's going to be used on you. People who find fault with others are bound to be judged for the same fault they found in others. Because it comes on you. I'm out of the judgment business, by the way. I decided a long time ago that mercy is much better than judgment. So when somebody comes to me and says, so-and-so preacher, priest, or pastor, or whatever, is teaching this, and it's wrong, I simply say, number one, forgive them. Number two, pray. That's your job. Usually the gift that someone who criticizes someone else has is an astute gift of discernment. So if you discern something isn't right, it's not up to you to expose it. It's up to you to pray for that person so the Holy Spirit can redirect them. The self-proclaimed critics seem to think that their words are going to change the world. That is, if God didn't have them, nobody would know. I guess I don't understand that because I already know the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us and give us revealed knowledge on the true Word of God. So this message, this part of this message, is number one, we have got to get out of the judgment business as Christians into the mercy, and if you do find fault, with your brother, before you try to take the splinter out of your brother's eye, get the plank out of your own. Get the plank. It's a plank much bigger than a splinter. Usually, that's the case. So, I just want to put the word out to anyone who might feel it's their duty to expose or push or somehow tell people how other ministries are wrong, that really what you're doing is you're bringing it upon yourself, and you will be judged. So we need to forgive all, and that goes for politicians. Right now, it's easy, real easy, to get mad at a lot of politicians. We've all kind of had it with politicians. I mean all of them. I don't talking about a side. I'm talking about both sides, or all sides. We need to pray for them. 
We need to make a list of the people that aggravate you the most. Honestly, don't judge them. Because you don't know what you would do in that situation. Probably the same thing. But they may not agree with our biblical teachings at all. But again, there, so, so there's four stages. And I've, I've talked about this before. But there's the building stage the management stage, the defensive stage, and the blame stage. When you're in the building stage, or the praising God stage, or the visionary stage, or the creating stage, you're very excited. And then you have to manage what you're building or creating. And if you stop building, you slip over into the defensive stage where you're defending why things aren't working out in your home, your business, your relationship with your spouse, anywhere. And then finally, it's stage four. Stage four is the blame stage. And if you talk to anyone and you find them in the blame stage, you can immediately identify they need help. They need help. So whether you're blaming another ministry, blaming your pastor, blaming a politician, blaming someone you met yesterday or blaming the guy who just cut you off in a car. <laughs> it's still the blame stage. Now, here's what happens to you when you're in the blame stage. In order to blame someone, you have to believe you're right, they're wrong. And now you are verbalizing that to whoever will listen or just to the, to the air and in so doing, you are judging them as wrong. Doesn't mean they're not, but you are doing the judging. The Bible says, with the same measure you use to judge, that judgment will come back on you. You may not even realize you're doing it. A lot of people have had experiences in the past that follow them around. They were hurt, hurt. And there's people that hurt them. And it is very difficult to reach a point where you honestly forgive people who hurt you to the point where you don't think about it anymore. But when you go back and think about things that aggravate you, they literally are pathways that Lucifer uses to get to your soul. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Sounds like such a simple statement. But what happens in our heart is we get mad at things or people and judge them if we're not in love with the Lord, in the Lord's love. And because of that, we block blessings that are trying to get to us. Blessing blockers, stage four, the blame stage. You say, God will get me, God will bring me in his timing my answered prayer. Unfortunately, because of the quantum laws, the kingdom laws that are at work, you determine when that is. You determine how long it takes. 
you determine by being upset with people, politicians, friends, or even God. A lot of people get mad at God because he doesn't deliver what they want when they want it. And so, therefore, God's fault. What's wrong with a God like that? How could God let this person suffer? How could he let this happen? Never intended for it to happen. God never intended for anything bad to ever happen to any human on this planet. Yet, it has. So you have to ask yourself the question, if God never intended it to happen, how could it happen? I mean, he's God, right? He's God. He could reach in today and change it right now. <clears throat> and he doesn't. Why? Why is that? Because there are certain rules and laws that exist. And God is a law. I mean, God is a God of laws, of rules. He cannot break the rule for you. He can't break it. If God breaks one of his own words, he would no longer be God. He would be just like everyone else falling in sin. Every word that God has spoken, he must uphold. Every law that's in place must be observed. So there are rules on how he can get answered prayer to each one of us. Now, we, he has assigned angels to see to it that things happen for us in our lives. But it's when we call out for that help or stay out of unforgiveness. In other words, don't, for, don't I stay in unforgiveness. I mean, forgiveness, always in forgiveness, not unforgiveness, and loving others so that we're not contaminated and pushed into the blame stage. When you're in the blame stage, it's impossible for God to bless you. Not because he doesn't want to, but because you've put yourself into a stage that lawfully cannot be helped. You're blaming God, or you're blaming people. So you're in judgment. And when you judge, you set up certain elements in the quantum world that stop blessings from coming to you. Now, you may not agree with that. I don't really care. I've been through this stuff enough to know when prayer works and when it doesn't. And I would like to see it work faster, to be honest with you. I would like to see everything happen uh, as fast as uh, going through uh, and getting a sandwich at uh, Chick-fil-A because they're pretty quick, normally. I mean, wouldn't that be great? You put in your prayer request, you get in line, somebody takes your order, and bang, you come out and you got your prayer answer. That would solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. I mean, that's what God wants for us. That is the way he wants it to happen. But there are elements that stop that from happening, and it's not him. When God, when Adam turned over the control of earth, which is what he did, to Lucifer in the garden, God legally, legally had given it all to Adam. 
So he couldn't say, hey, that's mine. You can't give it to him. He had to honor what Adam did. He had to honor Adam's word. And Adam said, sure, Lucifer, I'll eat from your tree. I want to know what you know. And in so doing, God had no choice but to allow it to take place and to cut Adam off from all the connection he had with God. In doing that, Lucifer has become and was the God of planet Earth. I mean, he ruled Earth. How did he do it? How does Lucifer rule Earth? He's not a human. He needs a human because Earth was designed to operate by be operated by humans. I have other shows where we talk about the power of life and death is in the tongue. What you speak, what you believe, happens. You are creating your own garden, whether you like it or not. So when you're in the blame stage, and when you are, he gets you in the, Lucifer's goal is to get you upset get you judging, get you in the blame stage, keep you in the blame stage, so that you cannot pray properly and have your prayers answered. Praying works at a quantum level, a subatomic level. The Bible says it's as if you planted a mustard seed. The smallest of all seeds. The first time you believe something or say it, it's really tiny. I believe I can succeed. Well, it's a mustard seed. But in the atomic world, it generates and begins to grow and reproduce itself if you stay out of the blame stage and continue in the believe stage. When you blame, or let's put it this way, so you pray for something, and a week later, 10 days later, 14 days later, you didn't get your prayer yet. And you begin to blame yourself, God, people, I don't know, whatever, the doctor, you blame. Why is this happening to me? When you go into the blame stage, it's like digging that seed out of the earth that wants to grow. Picking it up, shaking it off, and saying, what's wrong with you? You're not growing. Pooh. Throw it back down. And then say, Father, please make it grow. <laughs> and it starts to grow again. But it needs time to grow. It needs time to manifest. How much time? Well, that's where you and I come in. I do believe that we can affect the length of time it takes to receive victory in anything we're praying for. When we affect it by how merciful we are, by how loving we are, by how kind we are, by how forgiving, we don't judge, we aren't in blame, we're back in building. Oh, praise God, I prayed for that, it's coming, I'm going over here and help somebody else in the meantime. 
We stay in the building stage. We stay in the praise stage. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I prayed on such and such a date at such and such a time. It's done. Oh, Father, thank you. And you keep doing that. How long do I do that, Hart? You do it until it comes. But the quicker, it will come quicker to those who don't quit. Once you determine you'll never quit, the seed knows and gets the notice that it's going to have to happen. And it might as well get done now. In the book of Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith. Everybody reads over the word, now faith is the substance. What kind of faith? Now faith. We want to believe it's happening now, right now. We need to believe it now. And by believing it now, that it's happening now, and tomorrow, or it didn't happen yet. Don't dig it up. Just keep believing it's now. And you keep believing it's now until it does manifest. What if it takes a year? So what? It's you that's slow, not the seed. Earth was made and designed to grow anything you put in it. I was looking this morning as I was walking my dog, and I'm looking at beautiful, big, you know, 50, 60 foot trees, 70 foot, 100 foot trees, big, tall trees, and realizing that each one of those started as a seed. The Bible talks about us having trees that were all trees. And in us are trees that people planted by telling us the way things work, but in error, error, they taught us wrong. So we believe things, and that grows a tree in us that stops us from moving forward. We have to, and, the, and God says, He has to uproot all those trees and replace it with seed that grows the right kind of tree where you can get shade and you're protected and, and that's the word of god word of god is the seed mark 4 11 the sower sows the word this is not complicated god has taken the most complicated scientific quantum laws and reduced them to stories to tell you and i how to sow seed to operate the quantum laws in the earth but you gotta love people, you gotta forgive them, you gotta get out of blame and into building and stay praising God, praising God, and the seed will grow. Don't dig it up by saying, well, that ain't happening. Didn't happen. Didn't happen to me. Don't work for me. I'm gonna go blame somebody who taught that stuff because it didn't work for me. Listen to yourself. You sound like a noisy gong. You're just a bell ringing, bing, bang, boom, get in my way, I'll make more noise. Go get the word and plant it in your heart. <clears throat> and love, go and love one another as Christ loved us. He laid down his life. We won't even lay down our tongue. We won't lay down the words that you want to use against someone else. You know, I catch myself doing that all the time, you know, where you say, 
I don't want to talk about anybody. Somebody gets you talking about someone and you say things you really shouldn't because it's hurting them, even if it's nothing. It's a little something, but it's something. So we have to grow. We have to change. We have to do that. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll come right back. We're talking about how to be all in with the Lord and not blame others and not blame God and see the quantum laws work fast. See how prayer works fast. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. We're back, and we're talking about a lot of things, but we are talking mostly about how to get effective prayer working, how to not have our prayers hindered, slowed down, and not to get into the blame stage where we're blaming God, blaming others. Of course we're selfish. Of course we want what we want. Of course we want it yesterday. When God created the earth and everything in it, there was a period of time that had to take place for it to occur. We know that the speed of light is at 186,000 miles per second. <laughs> you know, we're excited in a car when you go from zero to 60 in four seconds. But in one sec, in, in, in 186,000 miles per I don't know what it feels like to go 186,000 miles per hour, let alone a second. Neither do you. But that is the speed of light. But there still was a time factor. From the time God spoke, light be, and light began to form and exist and create all of what we see. And it still continues to. Everything is at a, vibrating at a frequency, all atomic structure. We live in an atom world. It's kind of ironic that he called Adam, Adam. But we live in an atomic world. Everything is made out of what we call atoms with electrons going around, vibrating at a frequency. And depending on the vibration and the frequency, it, de it determines the matter of what it is. You and I, we have this incredible body that that we call that God calls the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a temple. It's a holy place. It is amazing. For however long you've lived in your body, don't tell me you haven't found it amazing. You may not like the size you are, the weight you are, or certain things about yourself, but you had something to do with all that. And you can't blame God for it. 
Now, I mean, there are kids that definitely were born with diseases and things, and we don't understand exactly how that occurred, but usually that comes through a, a regeneration of uh, different generations. Something happened somewhere, and there's sin in the world, and sin causes disease, sin causes illness, sin, just sin. And here we are as humans, and we need to have answers, right? We want answers. That's part of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because we want answers even if it's evil. Well, Lucifer hates us. You might as well get that straight. He, He took over from Adam, took the planet over, became the god of it. And you, every one of us, reminds him of God. We're made in the image and likeness of God Almighty. You know, scientists refuse to, well, not all scientists, but a lot of them, refuse to say that there's a a God. Okay, they don't like the word God, I guess, I don't know. They prefer aliens. Aliens were here and started everything. Well, okay, let's call God the, the most superior alien that ever existed. And yes, he created everything that we know, including you. You couldn't exist apart from this alien God. He doesn't want you to think of him as an alien. He wants you to think of him as a father. So he created a world picture where you can call him Abba, Daddy, Father. Regardless, you came from somewhere. Now, it doesn't take a real bright mind to realize that if you have nothing, nothing, use very hard to make something. In other words, if I want to build something out of wood, I need wood. If I want to build something out of metal, I need metal. If I want to build something out of anything, plastic, I need plastic. So why then can you think of that and then think that something came to be like the earth and all that's in it and the people and everything in it from nothing? Come on, come on, come on, Mr. Scientist, Mr. Brainiac, Mr. I don't believe in a creator. How do you think everything exists? And everything vibrates at a frequency. And if it stops vibrating at that frequency, it ceases to exist. goes back to dust. When you leave your body in that day, when you leave it, The body will drop to the ground just like a coat you take off. Has no life in it without you. Falls to the ground. The body will stop vibrating over a period of time. It just has no more regeneration of the vibration of the atomic structure of who you were. And it's called decomposing. Everything decomposes over time. If it's not regenerated, right, with more atomic vibration. So we all live in a vibrational world. When you believe like God, when you take God's word and you repeat it out loud, it regenerates you. It regenerates and resets the vibration of your body. Like when you say 
I by his stripes I'm healed. And some people don't even know what that means. They stripes are the lashes that Jesus took on his back, and he says, By his stripes you were healed. When you speak that out loud, the word of it has a vibration that begins to go into the world back at you, causing you to revibrate at a higher frequency where you mu- you can actually get restored if you believed it enough. But you have to intensify the vibration. You have to believe it. I'm just trying to bring science into it. But it's by faith we do these things. That's what Jesus said. God said... If you, by, it's by faith, anything apart from faith, God said in this word, he said, anything apart from faith is sin. So if you're not using faith, you're not restoring the vibration, you're not restoring but with God's word your life, then you are simply in sin because God wants you to be regenerated. God's will is for you to prosper. His will is to be healed. His will is to live, not die. Not everyone gets his perfect will in their life. I know. But it's not because of God. It's because of you and I and what they're thinking and the trees that are planted inside of them causing their vibrations, their frequency to be negative or at worst, just really brutally uh, vicious. I mean, people are like that. They live miserable lives. The Word of God is designed to transform you from that kind of a life to a life of peace and joy. And that's a fact. That is a fact. Do not conform to this world. Romans 12.2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 2. Let's read it again. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. How are you going to renew your mind? Then you will be able to test and approve God's will. So if you're going to blame God, you can't do it if you don't read the Word. You don't know what you're blaming Him for. You just want what you want. You ever have a a child that just wants what he wants when he wants it? Throws a tantrum if he doesn't get it? There are Christians living like that. And that's sad. There's no love in that. It's just place, just demands. And this is not a genie in the bottle. This is not, you know, now I hear people like, oh, that's that prosperity message. Oh, get over it. God wants you to prosper. Who the heck do you think you are? He wants you healthy. And if he had his way, he wants you wealthy. And he wants you wise. And he wants you in his kingdom. That's the way he created Adam. And yet I hear people blaming people. That's the stage four people. Boy, they are, they're just... I'm praying for them. Get out of stage four and get into stage one. So when you hear that kind of stuff, I I just want to warn Christians, don't be caught up 
in people who live in stage four. They're so far from stage one building. And if you follow them, you're following them down the wrong road. It says here, don't conform, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You can't even test his will or approve his will if you don't transform your mind, his pleasing and perfect will. For as he thinks, okay, so Proverbs 23, 7, and this is from the Amplified. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. He says to you, okay, so in his heart, if it, yet his heart is not with you. So whatever is in our heart, the real you, the real you when you're hiding alone is what you are attracting. Today, I, you know, again, you go online, you can Google law of attraction, and man, it, it's there. It works. There is a law of attraction. It works every time. It's part of the kingdom that God created. However, it's bringing things to people they don't want because in their heart, they're in stage four. So you're attracting things, but you're attracting the wrong things. Yet you don't want to take responsibility for that. You just want to blame someone. The law of attraction is real. We live in a world that was designed by the Creator that works on behalf of human beings to bring us and create for us all that we need or want. Yet, it's what's in our heart that we actually attract. And if we don't change our heart, and I'm not talking about the blood pump heart, I'm talking about the inner core of your soul, the heart of mankind. If we don't change that, we will always attract that which we don't want. <clears throat> right now, we're watching the heart of a man who's attacking another country being exposed to the world. And now you see this man, and you see him for what he is. He doesn't care how much damage he inflicts, how much pain he inflicts, how many people he starves or causes problems to. He just he just wants what he wants. That's the he now he will be attracting to him the same kind of infliction because now other countries are finding themselves in a position where they are not going to do business with them. They're going to cut them off and he's placed himself the law of attraction is going to destroy him. Now, he's hurting a lot of people. And we've got to pray for those people and pray for him. Pray for him. He doesn't know what he's doing. But yet, he will attract, not good, but exactly what he's inflicting. Don't be like that. Don't be attacking anyone. When you attack them, you are now in your heart showing the true you. We need to change. We need to transform. We need to love and give and share love. And then we will attract the goodness of God. God is good. He could have attacked Lucifer. Look, the God of the universe, the alien of the universe, the God who created the universe, could have 
attacked Lucifer and wiped them out. But then he would have acted in a stage of war, causing it to come back on him. He knows the laws. The only way to win was to show that love is more powerful. And he sent Jesus into the earth to demonstrate love. And out of the love, even to the cross, he defeated the laws of the universe that would have brought more war to God if he launched war on Lucifer by allowing Lucifer to be exposed for all the evil he's done because you can, every human will say, I don't ever want to be associated with that again. You want earth to be earth, but without all the problems. That's what heaven is. And Lucifer will not be there. He will have been eliminated through self-elimination and through everyone who has a brain rejecting him. So love won again. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for all sin, all mankind, to set you free from having to live in eternity with this kind of thing. If God didn't send Jesus, you would have been stuck living forever on earth like this. And all the problems, pains, diseases, only you wouldn't die, you just keep suffering forever. That would have been awful. And I've heard people say, I think earth is hell. On earth, this is hell. I've heard people say that. It would be if you lived forever, stuck in the disease and the aging and the You'd be, it'd be awful. God loved you so much, he wouldn't let that happen. He created a way through Jesus that you will be born again into his kingdom, where Lucifer has no more legal right over you. The part that Satan, Lucifer, controls is your body. It will drop to the ground, and that's what he gets, the dust. God gets your soul, your mind, your spirit, your identity, who you are, all your memories, go to God. Lucifer gets the dust. He gets nothing. So God created a plan. The great creator of all atomic structure created a plan for you to live eternally in a body just like this, but not under this kind of duress. He created you in his image and likeness to be like him and create and create and be like him. And then he provided a way that Lucifer can't have you. All you got to do is call on his name and you'll be extracted from that eternity that you were destined to live in and sent Jesus to show us how to love one another because that's the way heaven's going to be. You are not going to be turned loose with all your ways of living right now in heaven, it's not going to happen. And you won't want it to. You'll want love. You'll want everything to be done the way God wants it to, because you'll see how good it is. And that's what it's all about. So get out of the blame stage. I guess that's the theme for today. Renew your mind with the Word of God. Don't be mad at God. If something really bad happened to someone you know, or to your life, or someone we lost in life, 
too early. Don't get mad at God. God is all the while creating within us and around us a way out, a way to be blessed. And for those of you that want to criticize others that are teaching the blessing, get a life because you're on the wrong road. I'm praying for you to stop wasting your words. And for those that are just waiting for God to do everything, God has done everything. And he sat down to rest. And Jesus came and sat down at his right hand. And if you'll accept Jesus, you are seated in Christ at God's right hand right now. Throughout all eternity, you're already there. Hard to comprehend because you're still here. But while you're here, God has your destiny here for you. What it is you can do to thank God for all that he's done for you. To thank the creator. He has a destiny planned for you and I. Will you fulfill that destiny? Will you find the secret plan that God planted in your heart, or will you avoid finding it by being self-centered, selfish, non-believing, blaming others? You got to get over in the building stage. God wants you to live a long and healthy life. That's his goal. That's his, I know not everybody will do that. I know it. I get it. But try. Give it a shot. Stop blaming. Start praising. When you praise God, you change your frequency. When you thank God, you change your frequency. Your frequency moves up to a higher frequency that rejuvenates your body on a daily basis, renewing your mind, renewing your health, renewing your cells. You know your cells reproduce every so many days, and they're being reproduced with frequency and energy. And with what you put in your body, and also the frequency at which you operate your mind and your whole life. Again, some people walk into the room, they brighten it up. Some people walk out of the room, and they brighten it up. When that happens, and you notice that someone walked out of the room, taking their negative energy with them, make a note of their name. That's the person to pray for, not run from. We need to, as Christians, begin to pray and help people come up out of that abyss, out of that negative thought pattern. Depression, all-time high these days. Suicides, hopelessness leading to suicides, all-time high. At younger generations, where are the Christians? Oh, I don't understand the younger generation. They don't listen to me. How about you listen to them? Stop blaming the age. Stop blaming the music. Stop blaming. Just stop blaming, blaming in everything. I can't stand this. I can't stand that. Get over into the praise side. Take a day. One whole day and say, you know, today I'm going to find fault with no one. I'm going to find the best in everyone that I meet. I'm going to pray for them. And if I, if I do see a splinter in my brother's eye, I am going to 
Pray for them all day long. Not condemn them. Not criticize them. Not judge them. Certainly not run to the rest of the congregation in the church to tell them what the pastor did wrong. What the heck are Christians doing? And how could you call yourself followers of the Christ? I get it. You've accepted Jesus. You're going to heaven. Okay. But you got a surprise in store for you. He's not letting you in in the blame stage to be the way you are. You're going to have to go to kindergarten. You're going to have to learn. And if you want to get a head start and start at a higher level when you get there so you can enjoy it faster, now's a good time to love one another as Christ loved the church. To go and let people see who you are, <clears throat> that you're so different because we love one another. We're operating the quantum laws, the kingdom laws, the atomic laws, <clears throat> and love never fails. Did you read that in the Bible? Love never fails. So you want to go out with a bang, never failing? Love. Love one another as Christ loved the church. Love. Find a way to love your neighbor as yourself. If they need money, what should you do? Give them money. If they need encouragement, what should you do? Give them encouragement. If they need prayer, what should you do? Give them prayer. If you find something your neighbor needs, you, as a Christian, should be living the life of Christ and finding out how to bless them. Are they hungry? Feed them. I can't afford that, Art. Well, there's something wrong with your picture. So you need to identify with the fact that you got to change to be blessed in order to bless others. And of course, we're out of time. And today's message, man, love one another as Christ loved us. Find a way, find a way to love others. And uh, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about the kingdom and how to be all in with the Lord every day in every way by the grace of God. We love one another until Jesus returns. And he's coming. Oh, he's definitely coming very quickly. So have a great week. I'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.